Welcome to Women's Brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we'll take you from bean to brew as we discuss the power couple known as coffee and beer. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us. Um, I think this might be like your favourite episode ever. It is. And <laughs> I did, I actually wrote Come Percolate with us. Um, oh. Well, you didn't read that. So <laughs> I put it in bold. I put it in bold for you. Oh, sorry. I missed that. That's I all right. Read, I don't read that bit because if I read it, I do it wrong. <laughs> That's all right. But I thought I'd just throw that in and see if you notice nice. it. And I no, bolded I it and everything. And no. you didn't even notice it. Even yeah, notice no, it. I love coffee. I love beer. Um literally I could uh, smell coffee in the kitchen as I went to go grab my beers because we <laughs> make iced coffee so we brew our coffee sort of the night before or whenever and then put it in the fridge and it stays in the fridge and we just drink from that and uh I was like oh it smells like coffee and I'm gonna go talk about coffee so yeah I'm excited I am excited so Amazing. so we've been talking about this one for a little while haven't we yeah, I think we kind of knew we wanted to do one. And then um, I think, like, we sort of knew we wanted to talk about coffee yeah. at some point. Um, and then one of the beers that we're going to have, which is the Venti is 20, which is the uh, Coffee Belgian Double from, it's a collaboration of Phantom Bruin and Briouk. I had that when I was out and I was like, oh, this is really, really interesting, really good. Um, and I just thought it'd be quite interesting to try some other coffee based ones that maybe aren't so straightforward as like what you normally get when you think like coffee beer yeah um obviously we have some that we're gonna drink that are a bit more what you what you think of when you think of coffee and beer but hopefully some of the ones that we have will at least be a bit like oh that's interesting um so yeah I've got some fun facts uh I've got lots of coffee chat it's gonna be very coffee heavy so if you (laughs) don't like coffee you're probably not gonna have a good time but I've got lots of coffee chat um and then I'll hand it over to you once we've had the coffee chat you can talk us through the the beer coffee chat um and then I've got some interesting stories to end on so excited exciting yeah and I just want to start off by saying as well um I wanted to use so obviously we're approaching Women's History Month and I just want to take the opportunity to call out like I know that there's an independent coffee company called uh, Girls Who Grind. I've ordered yeah. their coffee before. I think they've collaborated with some breweries um, for coffee beer. I can't remember yeah. off the top of my head which brewery it was. Um, trying to remember and I can't think of it but I know that's how they first came to my attention was something that had to do with the collaboration there and they've also collaborated with a chocolate company called heist and I when I bought the coffee I bought some of the the peanut butter chocolate bar as well and it was really really good um so yeah uh, I don't that's the only one I know of that's like super like go go ladies um so I mean if you've got any other recommendations that you know coffee company wise that are that have you know promote strong female identifying women that you want to share with us dm us email us yeah um, do all that because yeah I I had I couldn't go through this episode and not call them out um because they're really great and you can read on their website about about all that and Joe, if you can like link them she'll put it in the show notes for the people that love coffee that don't just want coffee beer you want actual coffee yeah. that's that's check them out they've got some a good range of stuff there and uh yeah 
that's my recommendation. But I thought I would maybe start with a little bit of a fun fact before we crack our beer open, which is not so much a fun fact as much as so scientists have estimated that coffee has been keeping us going since 800 AD because I think they can date coffee back to the year 800 AD. Okay. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and International Coffee Day was the 1st of October okay. or is the 1st of October. Um, that was uh, it's since conception in 2015. So it's not that long ago. It's not that long ago, but you know what? We hit a point and we were like, coffee deserves a day. Right. Everything else gets a day. We just had pizza day. You get donut day. You don't have the same appreciation for coffee. We need to have that. So since 2015, 1st of October has been International Coffee Day. Um, And finally, the fun fact is the Guinness Book of World Records records the largest cup of coffee ever filled to be 3,487 gallons. And that was in 2012. It was like nine feet tall. It says nine foot tall cup of coffee. What's that in litres? I don't know. I didn't convert oh, that. Be in America. <laughs> Hold on, let me try. Real money. Let me, let me convert it for you. Thank you. That is, I love Google. Um, thank you, Google overlords. We appreciate your work. Uh, 15,852.22 litres. That's a lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. Nine foot tall. All, all you had to say to me was nine foot tall coffee. And uh, nine foot tall coffee cup filled with coffee. So pretty great. I mean, surely it would have gone cold by the time you get like half I like I like iced coffee, so I'm good with that. Yeah, well, I feel like cold <laughs> coffee's not the, like coffee no, no, that's no. gone cold is not the same as having iced coffee. Is it? It's funny that you say that because the amount of times I've had to like explain to you, <laughs> it was like I feel like people. I can't say the entire UK, but there's been so many people that I've come across here where I say like, yeah, I prefer iced coffee, and they're just like, oh, cold coffee. Ugh. Like I hate when my coffee goes cold, and I have to explain it's to people it's not the same yeah. as you making a cup of coffee, yeah, putting it on your desk having a meeting forgetting it's there and then going back to it like an hour later and you're like oh it's cold now that is not an iced coffee and yeah you should be ashamed if that is what you treat as an iced coffee because it's not the same at all so maybe that like nine uh nine foot tall cup coffee was like an iced coffee cup oh that would be fine but then you've got to like (laughs) i need that for my mondays like the the ice cubes don't just completely melt and it's just watered down coffee because then that's when you, you get to the bottom your of your ice, ice coffee yeah when you get you to know the, the smart move coffee. no no the smart move is you yeah. make your ice cubes out of coffee so when it melts uh, yeah, it's still just coffee life hack i bet the nine foot coffee cup didn't have ice cubes made out of coffee i bet it was hot coffee and i bet yeah. it was mango by the end yeah, of it but the point is it wasn't for drinking I'm sure it wasn't for drinking. Um, or maybe it was like a really insulated. Co- I don't know. I didn't see a photo. Okay. I didn't see a photo. So, um, but yeah. Any dancers? Come on. I mean, let's, if I Google it, let's see. Oh God. World. It's going to be five, five days long. Biggest coffee cup. Oh no, coffee. So if you're watching the video, you can see this is a big ass cup of coffee. Oh. So this is from 2010. Gourmet so gift basket. I don't think this is the same one, but at the time, this was the biggest cup of coffee. Uh, 2010 gallons, 32,160 cups of coffee, I think that says. But again, that's from 2010, so I don't think that's the same one anyways. But it looks like hot coffee is the thing to beat, so. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so. Anyway. Without further ado, let's crack our first beer open and then we can get down to the 
down to the nitty gritty of it. I did so, a double brew day today, so I'm in need of an. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You you did. And today, <laughs> like yesterday, felt like a Friday. Yeah. Um. So today yeah. was like the most unbearable Friday because I was working, <laughs> and I was like, yesterday felt like a Friday to me. So I'm ready for this. It's um, game time. Yeah. Do you want to introduce it? Yeah. So we have chosen one of Siren's Project Barista beers. Um. We thought we'd go for an interesting one. So we've grabbed Press to Zest which is a lemon and coffee goes. Yeah, it's quite interesting. Um, and with that set, so I've got the other beers here because I actually haven't opened them yet because I've been waiting. So yeah, got, I haven't drank uh, them yet. The Cafe Lungo, the uh, Mucha Mocha, and what's the other one? The Extra Special Beans. Oh, yeah. The, the hard, hard Lines done. Extra Special Beans so is what it's called. Um, and I've also got, which I'm going to use, uh, my Project Barista Glass. <laughs> as i got that and as part of the pack you also got the tasting notes and yeah you've got the booklet um it's got the history there and basically like they've been doing their project barista since 2017 um that is where they came up with affogato yeah uh the first time they came up with affogato i believe and that's the one that i favorite beers ever absolutely loved it (laughs) absolutely loved it um but yeah so that was interesting thoughts and uh so just a bit of a background on this it's um so yeah they had like a whole day at the tap yard I went to go pick it up before the event started like literally first thing in the morning I'm so happy I did because I saw them like bussing people in this year as well and I was like I'm so glad that I'm leaving as the bus is arriving because I wouldn't want to be stuck behind everybody trying to get my beers but it was a whole big day and I'm hopefully next year I can maybe try to do it they, they release coffee mugs well travel coffee mugs huh? and I would have bought one except I've got so many travel <laughs> coffee mugs so I'm like oh, I don't I, it's really difficult to justify coming home with another one but <laughs> we'll see um but yeah this one that we're gonna have the Preston Zest that was a collab with the uh, Clemson and Sons yep uh, so they're based in Hackney uh it uses Ethiopian coffee called the Estate it's uh, the part of Ethiopia that it's come from is, I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, it's Sidamo. So it's south central part of the country. Uh, it was its own province until the constitution of Ethiopia in 1995. And it's now divided amongst three different regions. So it's not its own sort of province anymore. It's split out mm-hmm. amongst them. So the inspiration Siren have said they've, they've uh, taken to create this was uh, Mazagran. I don't know what that is. And to be honest, I hadn't had a chance to look it up, but that's something. And an iced coffee lemonade. I've never, I had never had an iced coffee lemonade, but I had had Evil Twin did a coffee nade, which was, I th- I'm assuming, a similar thing. Okay. I had that quite a while ago and I thought, oh, this is not going to be good. I had it a few years back now. I was like, I don't think it's going to be good. It was actually a really interesting combination of flavors. So, so does the, I mean, we're going to find out in a minute when we open this. <laughs> yeah. is it the, do you think it's the acidity of the lemon? And of course, there is acidity in coffee that they kind of balance out quite nicely. Um, I no, I don't know because I don't think it was necessarily like the acidity in mm. coffee. Like I think it was just the roasted flavor okay. that somehow just like from from what I remember of the coffee made, like the roasted flavor somehow just mixed really well with the lemonade. <laughs> I I don't know how. It doesn't sound like it would be good, but it's very good. So uh, I'm interested to see how this will be because this is actually this is a goes and the other one wasn't yeah um so it would just be interesting to see how that works so um but yeah siren 
picked this coffee because it has uh, orange and bergamot notes. Oh, yeah. So that's why they picked this. And the hop that they used was Simcoe. And obviously the adjuncts were coffee, lemon concentrate and lemon zest. So okay. let's crack it open and yeah. see what we think of it. I'll give you the little outline. Yeah. It's all in that, uh, the guide as well. So well, taste your notes for them all are there. Yeah. And I'm just really hoping that my senses aren't fucked because we recorded the other day. I, unbeknownst to me at the time, had COVID at that time. <laughs> So I'm hoping, I don't think I lost any taste or smell, but we'll find out now if I'm getting things like yeah. wildly different from you. This smells amazing. Oh, I just dunked my nose in that. <laughs> that was not great. Like I'm getting roasty beans and lemon and I'm getting that bergamot in the back. Oh, it's lovely. See, I'm wondering if like my, because I still have a slightly stuffy nose, um, uh, residual leftover from girl, COVID. You're missing out. This is so I can smell the lemon. But I can't make out like the roasty notes, but I don't think I think it's me more than yeah. it is anything else I because yeah. Because I've just like, you know what? The cup's not it's the best. Totally. My glass isn't the best yeah. one for smelling. So I was like, let me try from here. And I can get the lemon, but I'm struggling with the coffee elements of it. Is it more see like so you're getting all of that? Yeah. Are you finding that the way the coffee's blended in, it's a more subtle coffee smell or is it very distinctly no the coffee that is like coffee and then you're getting the herbal of the bergamot and the lemon yeah yeah i think oh i think it's just not helping me with the stuffy nose at the moment but the lemon the lemon cuts through (laughs) which is good oh wow that's really interesting so interesting that's really interesting because like the first thing to hit well for me anyways and again i don't think my taste has gone i think my taste is still good um the first thing that cuts in is like a sharp lemon but then it very quickly goes for me very quickly goes to like coffee and it's just really like it's really bizarre because it's not like anything yeah so there's like had in that sense there's tart coffee but it's not like like often when you have coffee like it's kind of thick and you know roasty and dark this is like a bright coffee like, like a blonde roast I often find with a blonde roast it's kind of dulled this isn't dulled like it is there but it's much, like it's like bright it's... fresh coffee and then I'm getting like some orange mm. but it's quite dry um I've still got a little bit of coffee in the linger but it's pretty dry and very drinkable this is amazing it's really interesting oh. isn't it yeah, I'm trying to see if they've got anything else written on the back about oh, it. Because I tried not to, I tried not to read sort of too much about it. But yeah, it's it's really unique, and I, I for me, I find yeah. like the coffee is lingering. So it's like I said, it's very for me, it's very sharp, sharp lemon tart, and then very quickly coffee, and then mm. like you said, it kind of goes into a bit of like orange, but then the linger is coffee. Yeah, but it's like you said, it's not your standard. I think what what I'd say is it's not your standard roasty coffee, like you said, where I think sometimes when you have like a dark beer, it might not have coffee in it, but you're like, oh, roasty, like that. It doesn't land in that type of way. Yeah. Roasty. It is interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't describe it as roasted. Roasted. No, it's no. not at all. No, it's, in, it's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, while we sip on this, I thought I'd just 
quickly sort of give an overview of the top five countries um, in terms of production of coffee. So have you read the notes on what I've done at all? No, because you told me not to. Yeah, so I, I just wanted to check. I just wanted to check. <laughs> yeah, I told you not to read like all the yeah. paragraphs I wrote because I wanted you to be surprised. But I thought I'll ask anyways, just to be safe. Um, so basically, I kind of cross-referenced a whole bunch of websites, including mm-hmm. like Investopedia, Statista, WeForum, like, all that. Uh, so I'm fairly... I'm fairly uh, convinced that these are accurate. Okay. But if, if anyone has something that's more verified that tells me it's wrong, obviously let me know. So name five countries that you think are like the top producing countries. Um, Guatemala, Brazil, Ethiopia. Because uh... say one of them might be a giveaway. <laughs> yeah. Um, Antigua. Interesting. And I'm trying to think of places that I've heard that I've heard of coffees. Okay, <laughs> these are interesting. These are interesting um, choices. No, I give up. That's my fault. But what's what's quite interesting as well is um, what I was reading said by the end of 2020, the top 10 biggest coffee producing um, nations held 87 percent of the commodities market share. Mm. Just out of the 10, like yeah. that's super interesting. Um, so I'm going to take you from the fifth down to the first biggest okay and the sizing that i'm going to give is based on 60 kilo bags um i think the stats of 2020 was when it was recorded but it doesn't look like it's really changed uh so number five is ethiopia yeah i feel like that is sort of a given we may or may not have a beer later that's from ethiopia Uh, oh colombia I should have said Colombia. It's too late now. Ah. Too late now. <laughs> you already locked in. So <laughs> Ethiopia. Um, so they their size in a 7.3 million 60 kilo bags. Right. Uh, they've got 4.3% total market share. Right. Number four, Indonesia. That's oh. 12 million 60 kilo bags and 7.1% total market share. Number three is Colombia. There you go. You got that one. 14.3 million 60 kilo bags uh 8.4% total market share yeah I thought it'd be nice and I'd give that Thanks. one back to you um number two which you did not say at all was Vietnam oh I didn't think about <laughs> Vietnam of course like when you say them they're gonna be yeah obvious. yeah 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 exactly 29 million 60 kilo bags and that's 17.01% total market share and then obviously, of course, number one is Brazil, which is 63.4 million 60 kilo bags, uh, holding 37.4% market share. But that was quite... I'm a big fan of coffee from Guatemala, just saying. <laughs> I don't know, like, I'm sure I've probably had, I think I've definitely had Guatemala. I think I've had like Starbucks Guatemalan coffee, like the bags that you can get to go. Yeah. I think I've like bought those ones. Um, I've had coffee in Guatemala, just saying. All right, world traveller. <laughs> Over there. I was going to say, like... And in Colombia. Colombian coffee. Yes, please. Some of us haven't even been to those places, right? Um, do they like beautiful. When you're there, is the vibe... Like, would you know... Obviously, you know they're big coffee-producing places. like. But when you're there, are they big coffee drinkers? Like, do they... Are, oh, is there a thing. lot promoting? Yeah. Colombia, definitely. I got, I got, uh, I got Colombian coffee caramels. Nice, yeah. That sounds amazing. Like I yeah. love chocolate. Like proper, proper. There's like coffee chocolate would be stuff. 
for you know there's touristy stuff around coffee guatemala well, so as well can you go to like um uh, like the farms where they grow coffee and i don't know about that <laughs> probably. I'm, they probably do like tours of that yeah but... probably i went to like um the old city in colombia i didn't get very far in guatemala that was a show day oh well okay <laughs> fair well miss mrs worldwide over there yeah <laughs> Yeah, no, I imagine that it's probably like super fresh from the source as well. Yeah. So that's probably quite good. So obviously I've just asked you if those countries are quite big in their coffee consumption as much as their production. But I also have a list mm. of the top five biggest um, consumers. Again, I sort of had to look at multiple different websites because yeah. I don't think it was, there was nothing black and white that I was like, this is the be all end all of references of, you know validation and all that so but I did cross-reference quite a few websites again including like world population review and um I went on how to Denmark which referenced that cited the same list that I've got um and they cited the international coffee organization so I was like I'm gonna take that and that's probably probably correct there yeah um so I wonder if any of these if you'll find any of these like interesting something you didn't know so I'll start again I'll start with number five down to number one and this is all based on, um, I believe it's per person, I think is what this list is, like per drinker, um, like okay. how much a, like an individual would consume on average uh, a year. Yeah. So number five is the Netherlands. That's okay. 8.4 kilos or 19 pounds, for depending on where you're listening from so i've got a fun fact about each of them or an interesting fact about each of them or something to say about each of them so um the dutch were the first to introduce coffee to the west okay didn't know that thought it was a bit interesting so number four is denmark that's 8.7 kilos on average and you know 19 pounds so this one i thought was really interesting one out of every two danes prefer black coffee and oh. only one out of six never drink coffee. Oh. And a side note on that, black coffee only has one calorie. Mm. So it's not it's not too bad for you. It's when you start adding like milk or cream or the sugars into it or syrups or anything else. That's when it starts getting. My like... friend used to add butter to it. That's really weird. I think it's so I had never heard about that before mm. until literally this last time that we went to the US and we were ordering coffees on an app and it was like here's the extra stuff that you can order or like yeah. add to your coffee and they had butter yeah and they had some other stuff like they like protein mix and stuff like that yeah. and we were looking at it and we we're like butter and we we thought oh, I wonder if this is just like a typo or like an issue with the website where they no. always give you these additions yeah um like maybe this is obviously meant for like a bagel or something yeah, but it's no. under the wrong thing but apparently so I mentioned it to a friend who who she's uh, a bit more into like fitness and stuff and she had said to me actually what it is is it's like I, th- I want to say a keto thing? yes I think that's what it is yeah. it's a keto thing yeah I don't know much about it but I was like what? and then she's like yeah yeah if you do keto you put butter in your coffee yeah. and I was like it's weird I can't even imagine what it tastes like. No. I don't think I want to find out, to be honest. But, yeah, that is a thing, apparently. So, yeah. Number three, we've got Iceland. So they consume about nine kilos on average per person, 20 pounds. Uh, So beer wasn't legal until 1987 in Iceland. 
<laughs> yep, wasn't legal until 1987, according to what I've found online. Um, and with wine being costly, yeah, coffee has been um, the longest, like most essential social drink. So they've they've got like a custom. I mean, I think it's probably similar everywhere. Like it's customary when your visitors come around, you offer them some coffee or hot drink or whatever. Yeah. So um, the Icelanders have a stock reply, which is obviously they say it in Icelandic. I, I couldn't pronounce it, so I'll just tell you what it means. Um, they reply with ten drops, and that's meant to just indicate that they want a small cup of coffee. Oh, okay. So I thought that was interesting. Um, yeah, I, I wasn't even going to try to say it in its natural no. language. I was like, no. Uh, so number two of the biggest ones is Norway. That's 9.9 kilos or 22 pounds. So Norwegians drink more than three cups of coffee on per day on oh. average. Apparently, the Scandinavian so, countries are loving the coffee. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's kind of what what we found really was. That's what I found mm. on that was. Yeah, I think it's because it it's cold. I don't know. I think part of it probably has to do with like certain areas as well. Like other things might be expensive. And mm, so that's the socializing versus yeah, alcohol or something like, like it is in Iceland. I wonder if it's like similar in Norway and Denmark and like those places, but I don't know. Um, but yeah, number one is Finland with 12 kilos or 26 pounds. And I've got there that the average Finn drinks nearly five cups a day. And um, so basically they have two 10 minute coffee breaks that are legally mandated for Finnish oh. workers. So that's how much they love coffee. Yeah. Two mandated 10 minute coffee breaks for workers. We day. don't even have, have legal tea breaks in the UK. And we, I mean, I, I'm a coffee drinker. Well, I'm, I'm a coffee drinker. drinker. I'm not a tea drinker. But, you know, the Brits love their tea. So interesting you say that, actually. Because one of the facts to follow up with was, I, I don't know where the UK sits on this list because it was yeah. really hard to find, sta- like the more down the list you got, okay. the harder it was to kind of find it and validate it. So I've got, I've got a fact for that as well, so don't okay. worry. So with the UK, um, don't, again, don't know where it sits on the survey, mm-hmm. but the survey, there was a survey done between 2020 and 2021, okay. where they surveyed 2,074 adults, which are between the ages of 18 and 64. Um, and 63% both said that they consume coffee and tea regularly. So it was not that the person, not that each individual said, I have both, but it was 63% on both coffee and tea okay. as what was consumed daily regularly. Yeah. So it actually sounds like that stereotype of UK equals tea. That wasn't Maybe. a very big percent. That wasn't a very big number of people that they are. So no, but <laughs> but it does feel like we're like not on the apprentice here. This no. isn't fifty percent of people because we asked two boys. <laughs> no, but I do. But I do think like that there is a growing number of people that drink. Oh yes, coffee oh, now. Um, and I think like I still get people that I speak to in the US that are, like make jokes about like ha ha tea this and tea that. Oh, we have tea. Will we go out and like have tea? And I'm like, it's no, that's Don't not. Really that. No, that's not really a thing. No. no. Um, so I think it's definitely a stereotype that is that should be broken because I don't think it's a hard and fast rule that like everyone you meet is gonna drink tea yeah. like that's just not they'll drink a hot beverage I'm sure but yeah 
it's not a strictly tea thing anymore. So the US was number 25 of the biggest consumers on a really? basis. That's yeah. quite far down. Well, it's it, this one, it was number 25 based, like on, like I said, on the per person basis. Okay. I don't know if it's maybe they've got more people. So maybe okay, yeah, you're yeah. looking at it as a whole, it might shoot up compared to other countries that have like less people. I'm not really sure, but um, it does say the average person in the US consumes, consumes about three cups of coffee per day. Okay. And also that the Boston Tea Party is what helped popularize coffee in America, because obviously people would drink that in protest over drinking tea. So and I've also saw I've also seen that um, Dunkin Donuts, which, mm-hmm. you know, I've dragged you to before and I complained yep. that they yep. I was like their coffee is not like they do not offer nearly as much as what's offered yeah. in the US, but they've done a calculation in the US, at least at the time of when the article I read was written. And you can order coffee 25,000 different ways at Dunkin Donuts in 25, the US. 25,000 different. 25,000 different. You can do that in Dunkin Donuts in no. Sheffield. <laughs> you can do that at Dunkin Donuts in the UK, like full <laughs> stop. Like any of the Dunkin Donuts I've gone to, you could probably order them at like maybe, because it's all different combinations. So it's like yeah. maybe I'm being generous, like a hundred different ways to order a coffee. If you're like, I have it black and then I have it just with sugar and then I have it just with milk <laughs> and then all three. So yeah, it's 25,000 different ways. Wow. How insane is that? That's a lot. That's a lot to learn if you're a Dunkin' Donuts employee. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think it's like someone, it's like Starbucks. They'll come up to you and they'll be like, I want this coffee. And the standard, if you're just getting like an iced coffee or a hot coffee, they'll be like cream and sugar. And you're just like, yes. Um, And you kind of specify if you want the syrup. But like cream and sugar is like the standard of what they'll expect that you probably want whether you get a flavoring or a specific combination of flavorings or splendor or whatever else that is totally someone will ask for that so I don't here's, think here's a question for you okay um and I've never really worked it out myself when Americans say cream and sugar is it actually cream um, like is it like single cream double cream going in there or is it just milk so no it's not milk um but I don't like so I is it that half say, and half stuff so there is half and half, but half and half is half cream and half milk. Right. So it's like a thinner cream. It's thicker than milk. Is it thicker than single and cream? And I think it's, it's yeah, no, it's thinner than single cream, I think. Okay. I can't remember the last time I used it. I think it is more like a milky consistency, okay. if I remember correctly, because I just used it like a few months ago. Yeah. But I think that's meant more calorie, calorie-wise. Yeah. Because it's a bit better for you than full-on cream. Obviously, cream's not not great in that sense but yeah yeah, I as to whether or not it's like I never find it comparable to like single or double cream yeah because I think it's thinner than it pours thinner than that so like is it more like whole milk Mm, bit thicker than that maybe bit thicker than normal milk but I think like thinner than single and double cream although I think you can use single cream over here if you wanted to but like it's not really a direct yeah. comparison and then like in the US you have all these like cream creamers that's what's right. called dairy yeah. creamers um and you have like all the flavors you can get like girls get cookie ones you can get peanut butter ones snickers ones like any you know, the, the one chocolate thing bars. that I really missed when I stopped working in the US was um coffee mate you can get coffee oh, mate over here. Flavors. No, but it, you, no, it's not. It's the not same. the same. So you it's get like just, powdered coffee milk yeah, over here. But, I mean, you. Can, I used to get the powdered coffee mate in America as well because I could get it. I could get that on the ship. 
but you there were so many different flavors i would stock up on the pumpkin mm. spice one yeah i used the french vanilla one i came over here i i actually emailed coffee mate and was like why don't you sell you over this? here why I'm can't i get flavored cream flavored coffee creamer from you over here like i you know you distribute over here like why and they were like there's just not a there's, there's no, no call for, for it. it in the uk and i'm no. like sell it to me yeah there's just no market for it over here really people sad. would turn their nose up on it i did bring back non-dairy creamers from coffee mm. mate that were like single um they're like single little yeah like little pots. things yeah. yeah little pots um and they are french vanilla ones i think french vanilla uh, i'll bring you i'll bring you two when i see thanks. you next i'll bring you a few of them because um thanks yes I, I, I tend to, what I tend to do, and I'm making Keep my, my American Anglo lifestyle going. <laughs> yeah. I tend to pour like one of those in. I had to yeah. go crazy to find them in the US. Um, Cause like those ones, cause all yeah, of them yeah. tend to be dairy, not non-dairy. And I needed oh, something yeah. that was going to be able to travel and I didn't want powder yeah. and all that. So I found them and thankfully it was like flavored. It wasn't just plain, but I tend to like hit one of those and then I top it up with milk. Mm. So I kind of like create my own little half and half situation, but yeah. It's good. Um, but back to the coffee. So what I'll say before we kind of move on to the next beer. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, we, <laughs> we, I mean, we always tangent. But um, before we get on to the sort of process of making coffee, because I think yeah. that's probably important to know before we talk about how it's used in beer. Okay. Um, but there are five, well, depends on who you ask, because I think some people tell you there's four elements to to um tasting coffee or to the coffee tastes uh some people say there's five i think five tends to be the majority some people don't recognize the last one so those are i'll give you all five just because so it's aroma flavor acidity body and then the contested one is aftertaste oh so yeah so not vastly different from beer tasting no not miles away different categories yeah like i think we would talk about acidity like a lot of i feel like acidity and body would go in mouthfeel altogether but i do think that but i think that that's kind of like we file that all under the category of flavor or taste like full full stop it would be like under taste so um if you're going to do it from a like bjcp style uh, uh, style of judging flavor um is separate from mouthfeel yeah and mouthfeel includes um acidity carbonation body um all, all of that comes under yeah, so that what i so meant was different. not not flavor but what i meant was like yeah. when we talk when people talk taste like yeah. overall yeah. people the go t- taste, and taste and that is, will all yeah. go under that well brand. so take taste and mouthfeel go together to make flavor because flavor is actually a combination of lots of different things including aroma because like you know we have the flavor of strawberries but strawberry isn't actually a taste it's yeah. a combination of like aromas and mouthfeel and blah blah blah. yeah but I've also put on here I don't know if there's some way for you to like attach this somewhere maybe not I don't know but there is like I found a a nice just like you have your uh the beer tasting notes and and wheel I found a coffee tasters flavor wheel that's exciting so it's quite interesting so it had everything it has like uh more floral so yeah it covers floral it covers 
berries, dried mm-hmm. fruit, other fruits, citrus fruit, sour. There's an alcohol fermented taste to it mm. um, that's covered under the sour fermented section, which I thought was interesting. Um, I guess the main ones are you've got floral, fruity, sour slash fermented, green slash vegeta- uh, vegetative. Then there's an other section. Then you have roasted spices, nutty slash cocoa and sweet. And then it branches out from there. And it's actually quite a nice, helpful mm picture if you if you look at it on the second tab of our thing and yeah it's pretty cool um really user friendly really sort of easy to look at so hopefully we can attach that somewhere because it's pretty yeah, interesting i think to, to look at i'll if any if all else fails i can put it uh i can find a link to it somewhere and add it to the show notes you can go and have a look at that very similar to a um hop tasting wheel or a beer beer tasting wheel if you've ever seen one of those yeah i thought it was the most user friendly because i think it's something that we probably would be able to identify more with in like a beer world yeah um, and it's that similar type of setup so it just felt yeah. like it was probably the most translatable visual i could find to be honest but yeah moving on now to our second beer which is venti is 20 which is the coffee belgian double that i mentioned at the start I'm curious to get your feedback on it because I've obviously had it already. So I know what I'm getting into, but I'd be curious to know what your response is on this one. It looks beautiful. It's very like it's clear, bright orange amber. It's got a nice homey head. The smell is so fruity. Yeah. It does give me like, it gives me like Belgian vibes. Like when I smell it. So obviously, because it's a double, you're going to get that fruitiness from the yeast. I'm not getting, I think the coffee is masking spiciness. Yeah. Um, or I maybe I think I'm interpreting that within the coffee, the spiciness, but it smells gorgeous. I mean, like, I, I do genuinely feel like the, in this one for me, the coffee is definitely present. Yeah. yeah. And I think I almost get like a bit of um, like chocolatiness in it yeah. as well, which is I'm getting a nice. touch of cinnamon. Yeah. I, I definitely say that as well. Like definitely that's like spice to it It does smell really nice it smells like it's going to be like it smells like it's going to be a bit sweet when you smell it like for me it has that sweetness to it right i'm I'm not gonna sort of i'm not gonna react to it um all i'm gonna tell you is it's they definitely use belgian yeast for it um so they do they definitely do that um and it's brewed using cold brew coffee from the reading based anonymous coffee co I want to know your reactions because there's no point in me giving you mine. That's so nice. Is this not? It's um. There's definitely some. I feel like there's some vanilla or something in there. Um, and then there's there's coffee there, but it's kind of support. Like whereas in the aroma, like there's coffee. It's the coffee in the actual taste is kind of supporting everything, and there's like a little bit of that cinnamon, a bit of like vanilla maybe marshmallowy there's fruitiness it's fragrant um i like it i think where i tasted the coffee i smelled the coffee less but tasted the coffee more clearly in the pressed zest i yes. think the coffee like you said is sort of blending a lot of flavors together like kind of holding a lot of flavors together yeah. in this i could i could smell it more in the aroma yes. but it doesn't stand out as cleanly as just like clear 
undeniable coffee, but I think it has that thing where flavors of coffee can have all those same similar yeah, notes. Absolutely. So it is so, like it is serving as like a, a way to kind of blend it all together. But it's really nice, isn't it? When I first had it, I was like, oh, I've never seen a coffee Belgian double in my life. Like yeah. I was like, that's really interesting, really unique, and I really want to try it. And then I tried it, and I was like, it's really good. <laughs> yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. I love it. Oh, I mean, I just like love it? coffee beer in general. So I do as well. But when I tried this, I was like you need to, I was like I need to get you because so, I had it and then I was like I need to get another two because you need to try this as well and I was like we need to tell people about this one I think you can kind of still get it at a few places I think the hive near me still has it and when I went looking for some notes online I think I saw there's a few online shops that maybe yeah. still had it highly recommend in my opinion because it's yeah this is absolutely tasty. gorgeous Both I like the artwork so far... as well if you're looking at the camera, it's just like a bunch of... Yeah, uh, it's, I, I really like the labels on Phantoms, uh, beers anyway. Brew York involved, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I love the cartoony element of it. It's yeah. really cool. But yeah, lots of little coffee cups pouring away on there. It's cool. Um, Yeah, so I just really quickly, um, and then we'll get into your section, which is all the, the beer-based yeah. stuff. Um, I thought I would sort of take us through the... 10 steps of how to brew coffee of how to make coffee from from basically like plant to cup um <laughs> i was able to find all this and i think you can post a link to this on um ncausa.org okay i've i've literally pulled stuff from the 10 the 10 steps from seed to cup but they also have some other really good coffee resources on there like they have like i i didn't even know how interesting some of this stuff was until I started looking it up for this episode and they have stuff like they've got bits about cold brew on their website they've got all this other stuff so I think if you want to brew with coffee and you really want to understand coffee a bit more like this is a really good resource so if you put this in people can kind of check out those bits and I think there's some really interesting stuff that they had on there and the international what did I say was international coffee organization as well Um, yeah so those two had some really, both had really good stuff on it. Although I found the International Coffee Organization had a bit more technical, whereas uh, NCA USA had more stuff that I, it was like dumbed down for me. Like I could read it and I was like, yeah, it all makes sense. Basically step one is the actual planting. And okay. so that's the, <laughs> I didn't really appreciate this, I don't think, but an unprocessed coffee bean yeah. is effectively a seed. And I just didn't really think about that part yeah so if you were to malt as well that's like when you are malting something you start you start it growing again and then you have to stop it before you malt it so similar that's quite interesting yeah I just I don't think I've ever really stopped to think about where the less obvious products that we use come yeah. from like stuff like that I would never be like yeah you use unprocessed coffee to grow a coffee tree obviously um but yeah you plant it and it grows a coffee tree so uh, they generally plant in large beds in shaded nurseries and then they frequently water the seedlings, uh, keep them shaded from bright sunlight until they're permanently planted. And planting often takes place during wet season, so the soil remains moist while the roots become firmly established. That's quite key. Um, I think largely it says takes approximately three to four years, depending on some factors for a new planted a newly planted 
coffee tree to bear fruits. Now the fruits are called coffee cherries. That's something I also didn't know. Oh, I did know that. I didn't know that because I've never looked into the the process yeah. up until like roasting. I think yeah. like roasting was the first part that I really sort of like was like, oh, okay, yeah, you roast roast the coffee and all that up until then I think I knew it was grown on trees but even then like looking at the photos of it it's just not what I pictured even I don't know I think I pictured like bushes or something I don't know yeah step two is harvesting the cherries so they have to be harvested once ripe um I think there's typically one major harvest per year but in some countries they have two flowerings annually which are main flowering and a secondary flowering so places like Colombia have two but um, the majority just have one and you can like you can read way further about all this about the different processes of how they harvest and and all that but I thought I'd pull out sort of a fun fact from that Mm -hmm. which is they state this website states that a good picker averages approximately 100 to 200 pounds of coffee cherries per day so that'll produce about 20 to 40 pounds coffee beans Uh, so each day they'll have their whole weighed so that the picker is paid based on on the work they've done effectively that's how they um, do hops oh yeah again like i feel like they do just go hand in hand like yep. so well together obviously i think there's probably some places that don't treat their pickers ethically yes. like uh, it's worth pointing out that there are countries and places that probably don't you want to make sure your coffee is being ethically sourced like yep. your, the pickers are getting paid check if it's fair trade etc yeah you want to do all that so I'm just taking this like for fact I'm not factoring in stuff like that but that is stuff that you probably do want to look at because yeah. I know girls who grind support places that pay like above above average for coffee picking because they want to make sure that they're supporting the right places so um I didn't know but you can also eat those cherries if you wanted to oh I didn't, didn't really that. think about it because I think there's you kind of think about it and there's certain things that are berries that you're like oh those are poison like can't can't ingest that it's not good for you but you can eat the cherries if you wanted to supposedly historically they used to make wine like drinks out of them oh so I thought that was quite an interesting concept if somebody were to try that like nowadays I wonder how that would turn out or make a coffee inspired barley wine to pay homage to that but I think making a wine-like drink out of those cherries is probably not so realistic if you don't live close by to where they're being harvested so the likelihood we'll see something like that come back I don't know but it would be interesting so the next step after you harvest them is you need to uh, process the cherries so you have to do that immediately to minimize the spoilage which is why I think it'd be quite difficult for somebody to make that wine like drink out of them if they're not close by because they'll probably spoil relatively quickly so there's there's two different processes on how you process them you can do a dry method Um, that's used in many countries where water resources are limited so uh, they take the freshly picked cherries they spread them out on a huge surface to dry in the sun they're raked and turned throughout the day and covered at night or during rain to prevent wetness uh, it could last several weeks like depending on the weather and various factors but um per batch of coffee yeah so what they're ultimately waiting for is the moisture content of the cherries to drop to 11 percent. so that is the dry method and then you have like malt <laughs> and then you have the wet method no i think it's really interesting to see the comparisons between them to be fair it's malt used to be floor kiln so it used to be laid out to dry out and stuff 
So this also has a wet method mm. where they remove uh, pulp from the cherry after harvest. So the bean is dried with only parchment skin left on. So it first is, it first passes through the pulping machine where it separates the skin and the pulp from the bean. Then it's separated by weight as it passes through the water channels. So the lighter beans float to the top and the heavy ones sink. And then they pass through a series of rotating drums, which separate by the size of them. Um, and after separation, the beans are transported to water-filled fermentation tanks where they may remain from anywhere between 12 to 48 hours to re- remove the layer of mucilage that's attached to the parchment. So basically the way they end up is the beans end up being rough to touch and ready for drying. So no matter what, they kind of have to go through the drying process because then step four is drying the bean. So if you use the wet method, you have to go to drying the bean, which again, you have to try to get the moisture to about 11% for those as well. So yeah, from there you go to the milling the bean process. So it goes through a hulling machine and there's an option of going through a polishing process. Doesn't have to do that, but it can do that. Uh, It's then graded and sorted by size and weight and they remove the defective beans Again, I, I wasn't going to run through like the whole technicalities of that on this website. It does a really good job of sort of laying it all out for you. So you can go and look at that. But um, yeah, that's that's that. And then from there, you have the exporting of the beans. So you the milled beans at this point are now called green coffee. Quite literally, sometimes it, it, it is green. Um, and those green coffee beans are then loaded into shipping containers or they're bulk shipped somehow to the coffees that the, the countries that consume the coffee which is great uh it then goes through a tasting process and that process is called cupping which i thought oh. sounded really interesting <laughs> it made me giggle for some reason <laughs> like they're like oh it goes through the cupping process where the coffee is repeatedly tested for quality and taste and what i thought was really interesting was like a lot of times they have a special room designed to facilitate the process i think it's something like it's like quite a plain sensory yeah like a sensory deprivation type room yeah like you would do with with hops yeah (laughs) so it that was quite interesting i i didn't really look into what that process was um but i just thought it was interesting they had they they tend to have special rooms designed to the cupping process so from there it goes to roasting which is i think where a lot of people start picking up the coffee process so yeah um basically it transformed the green coffee like i said sometimes it is quite literally green um that's when it turns into the brown coffee beans so most roasting machines maintain a temperature of about 550 degrees fahrenheit and um basically it's kept kept the beans moving through the entire process so they don't burn and when they reach an internal temperature of 400 that's when they begin to turn brown and it goes through the process called pyrolysis i believe i pronounced that right which is where it produces the flavor and aroma of the coffee that that we know of like what Mm -hmm. we know of coffee flavors and you know aromas and all that so um roasting generally performed in the country's that they've been imported to for freshness but um yeah once the coffee is completed the beans have to be immediately cooled either by air or water so that makes me think of like when you're brewing beer as well and it's like you have to be like cool cool it down like now so it's just it is funny now that you've mentioned it all the different bits that <laughs> like sort of, of overlap comparisons um yeah so you've got the roasting coffee and then it goes into 
step nine, which is the grinding of the coffee. So how coarse or fine that you grind the coffee depends on the brewing method that you're going to use, which I never really stopped to like I knew that you could have different um like grinds of it mm-hmm. that vary, but I didn't really know what that impacted. But it is it sort of is defined by the method of which you're doing it. Okay. Um and it gets like you do that so that you could get the most flavor in your cup depending on the the method that you were using so the guidance was that typically the more finer the grind the more quickly the coffee should be prepared that's interesting and then I had another fun fact espresso machines use 132 pounds per square inch of pressure to extract the coffee apparently I didn't really I mean it makes sense but espresso means press out in Italian I think it just means I think it literally translates to expressed but yeah. <laughs> like I, they, I think that is I'm fairly confident but yeah apparently it means press out and then you've got a step number 10 which is the most fun part of it which is yay caffeine you get to drink it yay so yeah that's that's the a walk through the coffee process um and then now we're going to get into beer chat with you you'll lead that yes. section but first we're gonna have mad squirrels caraccino which is their caramel macchiato stout i love caramel marks personally so i don't like, care how basic that sounds that like is my them. order that's normally I'd... what my order is if there's oh. not a good seasonal like if it's not pumpkin yeah. spice if it's seasonal, not pumpkin like, spice i'm getting a caramel macchiato yeah that's that's my default go-to normally if i don't get a cold brew it's normally caramel mark so i'd a bit so i'd been in america buying caramel macchiatos blah blah blah. i assumed that caramel macchiato was just a thing right yeah i came back home went into a a cafe nero because at the time we did not have a starbucks in my hometown rude um everyone as well we're talking about we're talking about independent we're like here's these independent places then you're like and then the starbucks (laughs) Starbucks. we know guys we Um, know it's not the best coffee in the world we get it (laughs) i don't care Um, (laughs) Uh, went into his cat and I was like, "Do you do a caramel macchiato?" And they were like, "No, what's that?" Cool, just give me a coffee then. Like, can I just have a coffee with some caramel in it? Mm. No. Yeah, that's I mean, my go-to: an iced caramel macchiato. And I like, um, I like getting pumpkin spice, but like ordering it the same way that you get um, a caramel, ma- like how you have the espresso <laughs> on the top and the milk on the bottom. Right. Because what it does is it creates this like really gorgeous like autumn colours because you've got like the orange, you've got the like white colour and the brown and it all fades together so nice. But then I mix it up together anyway, so it doesn't right. really matter. I don't know why I order them because oh, I mix it all together in the end anyways. <laughs> but yeah, I love a caramel macchiato. Um, this was brewed using Kokebi Coffee's Intenso coffee beans. So Kokebi are located in Hertfordshire. So the origin of the beans was listed. I, I looked up the beans. It's 100% Ar- Arabica. I could never say that. Arabica. Arabica. And that's um, how I say it. Someone's going to tell us we said that. Well, right probably. But like in my brain, I just look at it and I'm like, I'm going to call it this now. And I just <laughs> like, this is how I refer to it. I think I like, I think of um, Arabiata, which is like that type <laughs> of sauce. And then I'm like, yeah, that's what it's called now, basically. Um, but yeah. They've got, it's like multi-regions of where the origins are from. I'm assuming it's like a blend as opposed to a a straight um, particular bean. But yeah, the bean flavour described 
is intense dark chocolate and it should add uh, dark rich chocolatey notes from the coffee it should complement the caramel undertones from the coffee making um, the caramel macchiato appearance or, or taste of it now I definitely get in the aroma I definitely get the caramel yeah caramel is definitely up front in this more than yeah coffee but I've had a little drink already I'm not yeah I expect big things from mad squirrels this Mm. particular type of when they do coffee stouts they usually tend to do it really good um so it's beautiful get in there um Mm. lots of caramel bit of burnt sugar thick Thick. if you like thick you'd buy again it's great um there's uh this has got roastiness in it i think the other two had coffee but didn't necessarily have roastiness this has got roastiness in it there I think is no it has more with that. I think this has more upfront bitter as well. Yes. Um, and I think it works beautifully. Yeah. Cause <laughs> like you it's get right for this beer. For me, it's very much so. This is a nine percent, but it almost has like a bit more booziness. Like there's almost more booziness to it for me than I think I would normally yeah. think of at nine percent. Oh, nine percent. I hadn't realized. Yeah, it but I don't it doesn't taste like I wouldn't say that I'm like, oh, it's super boozy, but it's no. more boozy in like that um warmth. Yeah. Than I used to kind of getting on some other nine percent beers, yeah. but it works really well with it because I think that warmth almost kind of helps emulate coffee. Yeah, and definitely. you do get like the coffee element of that bitter roast of coffee with the caramel notes, and you it does. I think it does quite a good job of representing the caramel macchiato. Yeah, I like I think it. It's done it proud. I like it as well. Super thick. Super good. These tasty. Yeah, these, our beer selection tonight has been on mm. it like fire. absolute fire. Yeah. <laughs> it's literally just like, ooh, I wanted to hit it with a fire emoji yes. and yes. a chef's kiss. Yes, if we were talking in emojis, but um, yes, absolutely. Uh, right, yeah. brewing so, with coffee, brewing beer with coffee, <laughs> um, tips, so, tricks, whatever else. Fun fact number one. So, so you've got fun facts for me. Fun facts. I've got Yay. a fun fact for you. We're gonna we're gonna go straight out the gate with a fun fact. <laughs> Um, yes. love it. So, when industrialization hit and um, they were finding ways to better malt grains for brewing and to be able to do it on a larger scale, a gentleman called Daniel Wheeler invented the drum roaster in 1818. Um, this allowed for uh, the malts not to be close to the heat source. It meant that they would that grains were no longer smoky. You could get a um, a more consistent malting on your grains, um, and it also allowed for paler grains to be made and much darker grains to be made, um, producing new beer styles. This was revolutionary in the beer industry at the time. It has created some of the classic styles that we understand today because of this device, the drum roaster. He got his idea for that from looking at coffee roasters. Oh. So, you know, just it's all there's a bit of synergy with synergy. I do love the word synergy as well. It's like big business synergy. Yeah. Love it. So, yeah, so that I thought I'd hit you with that one. Mm. Thank you, Daniel Wheeler. Thank you, Daniel Wheeler. Oh, I um, love this lasting caramel taste <laughs> that's in my mouth. It's like coating my mouth and it's just staying there and I love it. Make me happy. So, if you want to brew a beer with coffee, there are two ways that you can get coffee flavors into your beer one is just from the use of malts and the other is from adding actual coffee so malts 
darker roasted malts are going to produce coffee-like flavors anyway in your beer. And, you know, thanks to the drum roaster, we can make much darker roasted malts. Those malts added in various different percentages, not huge amounts because they will also add bitterness. Um, But those kind of malts will add coffee flavors to your beer anyway. So there will be beers that you find that don't have coffee added, but have coffee flavors. Generally, not kind of your traditional stouts and things like that. The other way of adding coffee is by adding actual coffee. And there are various, much like these beers that we've had today, have added actual coffee as an adjunct. Um, But there are various different ways that you can add that coffee to the beer. Um, So it can be added basically at any stage throughout the brewing process. It really depends on what you want from the coffee and there are advantages to each different addition and how you want to do it. You can steep either coffee grounds or coffee beans in with the malt when you're doing the mashing process. That is considered to be a bit like you're brewing the coffee because obviously it's in hot water and it's steeping for a long time. So you can do it that way. Um, if you do that, you do need to be careful of. Uh, well, they said they said it can kind of, that can kind of end up being watered down because it's in the process longer, so other things can knock it out. Um, you can add coffee into the boil, much like you do hops. However, if you're adding that in, you need to think about adding bitterness to the beer because obviously, when your coffee has bitterness in it, if you add that in, you are going to end up adding bitterness to your beer. So you have to think about balancing that out. Um, and brewers would suggest that much like adding hops if you want to lessen that bitterness you want to add your coffee into the boil towards the end maybe like the last 10 minutes or so um you can then add coffee during primary fermentation after fermentation has happened just before bottling beers can be conditioned on coffee beans so you know much like you would think that they you know have some fruit and they stick beer on top of it you can do that with coffee beans you can do that with coffee grounds um if you do it at primary fermentation so like right away when the yeast is first working some of that flavor can potentially get dulled down because there's other processes happening um you can also add cold brewed coffee to beer during fermentation after fermentation just before bottling this is the way that i've added coffee to beer when i've home brewed and it works really well um you can you can also brew coffee and let it go cold and then add that to your beer but i like to cold brew it so i would go as if i'm going to make coffee and like i have a, a french press i would use that do it as if i was going to brew coffee regularly like stick my grounds in then i add cold water and leave it in my fridge for a couple of days to a week to really like settle then you want to press it as if you would normally and then I add it to the beer just before I bottle it because then you can taste it you can tweak how much you can add a little bit and just keep adding a little bit more until there's enough coffee in there for what you want you do have to think about balancing your flavors um overall bitterness levels are going to be raised by adding coffee um so you might want to consider lessening bitterness either from malt additions or particularly from hop additions um so i was reading an article from brew your own and they suggested that you need to reduce your ibus overall by five to eight ibus 
if you're going to add coffee just to make sure um that your levels are right i i see you looking at the mad squirrel can and i could i yeah. saw that as well it's, it's, only 30 got 30, IBUs. it's only got 30 ibus which isn't that much really well kind of the but middle I think, ground i feel like what i learned like when we spoke to jd at wild weather as well is like something might read particularly high particularly right. low but if it's you've got a well-balanced bit it may not come through yeah. in the in the like you might see a number and it might not be landing in that in that yeah. particular way and but I do one's... wonder if that's why you mentioned about the balancing out that bitterness and I do wonder if that's why you get a lot of these coffee stouts especially yeah. um not so much for the lighter beers but more the stouts where you get a lot more like adjuncts of like sweet like you tend to have like yeah. oh there's a caramel one or you have something that's like um chocolate and coffee yeah. is that an attempt to balance out the bitterness yeah i would say so because this is that is 30 ibus but you'll need that bitterness to balance out the sweetness of the caramel and the sweetness of the malt anyway so you do need that you'll probably need that amount of ibus anyway but that's just something to consider if you are thinking about brewing with coffee or what brewers consider when they are considering brewing with coffee um you also need to think about the type of coffee that you're going to use so you'll get strong coffee flavors from espresso and french roast but interestingly darker roasts have more oils in them so if you add them the higher oil content will give you a creamier fuller mouthfeel but it's going to do terrible things to your head retention so if you want like a lovely nice creamy head on your beer if you're adding a lot of the higher roast coffee that's going to completely destroy it because it's adding more oil to your beer um is there a way to counteract that or is it you'd have to just less add less of the coffee so you might want to bolster it with like coffee flavors in your malts um rather than using lots of high roast uh, roast coffee in it because of those oils um lighter roast coffees however like sumatra or guatemala antigua coffee can bring more subtle qualities so it depends on what you want your final beer to taste like do you want just a subtle bit of coffee do you want like espresso in your face like think about that espresso in my face i know you do all in my face i do think like uh, the method that i've seen the most is the cold brew yeah yeah um because that i know that that tends to be like what a lot i think of that's the easiest to. way yeah and you you've got more control over it i think it's that it's the yeah. control over yeah. it aspect of it that makes that the most appealing because i think i don't know if they necessarily use this in the s43 one i don't remember if it was cold brew or something else but i do yeah. remember there being like the how much do they like how do they make it more coffee and experimenting around yeah with the coffee element of it so that you got enough that it was noticeable but not too much that it was like overriding the pumpkin spice for yeah example. exactly so it's yeah it's, it's about having that control or whether you just want to see what happens um advice also from brew your own is don't use instant coffee or canned coffee which i think we have canned coffee over here but that's an american thing isn't it uh, coffee? no i think you seen it over here? when they say canned coffee do they not mean instant coffee no what is they said what, instant coffee and canned coffee? What would canned I like, coffee be? I don't know. I would that know be like? That would that be like um, when you get like Starbucks, like the pre-made, the pre-packaged drinks? Like you have the uh, Starbucks double shot that's in a can, and I don't it's know, like maybe. double espresso maybe. or something. Maybe. Um, 
but that is not the freshest coffee that you can get even though like instant coffee is freeze-dried it's still not the freshest and some brewers have found that you can end up with off flavors from instant coffee and whatever this canned coffee is so make sure you're using like actual coffee grounds coffee beans get the freshest and best that you can um there are also extracts available there is one called mocha liqueur extract which is actually used to make homemade kalua um Mm. so that can be added you can also get coffee oils (laughs) from health food shops however again oils that's going to affect your head retention so think about that um and then fun fact um it's not commercially available but starbucks has created an extract a coffee extract that works with their ice cream based and frappuccino drinks um, and it's based on a central american coffee blend now that was used by red hook breweries who starbucks is from seattle red hook is from seattle so they got together and they created a beer using it called double black stout Apparently it was very popular, but it is no longer made, which is sad. Yeah, yeah that's that's interesting, um, the fact that Starbucks have. But then I also kind of feel like, are they lying to people about coffee frappuccinos? <laughs> like, are they? Because, like, like you, you get, I don't get frappuccinos because I'm just like. Uh... It's still coffee, though. It's just extra. So it's like, it's like condensed. Because um, you can ask for your frappuccino about... with, a, with coffee in it. Oh, but yeah. I'm like, how much are you actually get in coffee wise? But are they lying? Are they just like, we just So this is, it is coffee. It's just an extract. And they've like taken all the water out. So it's like, like intense coffee. What's to say? Is the caffeine element still there when, like, Girl, if you're buying a frappuccino, you can't be expecting the same amount of caffeine. Well, I don't know. I'm not coffee. buying a frappuccino because I'm just like, <laughs> I need like a junkie. I'm like, exactly. I need that caffeine exactly. directly in me. <laughs> Exactly. I don't need to don't add extra water that's diluting down the caffeine don't be silly <laughs> <laughs> anyway um coffee can obviously also be used in pale beers we've shown you that today with our goes um sometimes to do that because obviously if you add coffee to a pale beer you might add color um sometimes brewers will use the green coffee beans that you were talking about um to add coffee flavors but without adding the color in a pail of beer and then my final thing i thought this was i thought this was cute and i thought you'd like this okay um there is a place in prague in the czech republic called restaurace pivovarsky dum which is a restaurant um but they also brew on site and they make a pale coffee lager called oh cavove pivo that's and a fun they, name. And when they give it, when they serve it to you, they float an espresso bean in the beer foam. Oh, that is cute. Because <laughs> it's like they're making, they, yeah, they're making like little yeah. foam art. <laughs> That's like, what they should okay. do. They should make foam art out of it. I now need to go to the Czech Republic. Well, it's it. funny you say that because uh, looking at long weekends away this year <laughs> yeah. and one of the places that I had listed was Prague is <laughs> one of the places I want to go to and now I find this restaurant I like the name of it it's a fun name yeah the 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 drink not the yes. I mean the name of the place is all right as well yeah. but the name of the drink was super fun so yeah I like that that's good yeah, yeah I'm so definitely gonna have to check that out that's brewing beer with coffee so many like just different way like I would love to have a beer that just te- like I don't think I've yet had 
a beer that just tasted like an actual just plain black coffee because there's always like these adjuncts in it that I think make it like sweet because like you said it's the bitterness element of it that they're probably trying to balance out and I feel like all the coffee I've had is normally like roasty coffee and something else or coffee and something sweet like I've never just like had one that's like here is a cup of coffee and a beer like I just love to just be like what would what would happen if you just let it yeah just be bit like hold on no how bad would it be (laughs) if it was just like super bitter (laughs) but yeah oh that was a really nice one I really liked that that one that was nice I'm really excited to try this uh this last one though um which is the Malt Garden I'm the Malt Garden I'm Your Barista. They do range. They've just they're releasing like another one that I don't know. I tagged you in no, it. It's like a freeze dried, oh, not of this yeah, range, but like freeze dried peanut butter, and there's like coffee in it as well. I think and it just sounds like amazing, and I'm like, I just want like Malt Garden put out these really just like interesting beers that yeah. I just it makes me want to go visit Poland because yeah, <laughs> it's just amazing. So yeah. The Army Barista, they do a range of them. Yeah. I've got the Ethiopian Chelchele Gedeb. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. I've probably butchered that. Um, um, you've got a different one, don't I've you? I've got a different one. I've got the Columbia DSB Pink Bourbon one. Ooh. Yes. Nice. Uh, so, going to crack it open, yeah. give it a go, and I'll give you the last final sort of uh, stories on that. Yeah. So, you've got the. Yours is about which one did you say? Yours is a whiskey, Columbia DSB Pink Bourbon. Is the pink bourbon. is the bourbon pink or is what's DSB and is that pink? I don't know what I don't that know. means. I'm gonna Google it. I'm gonna Google it. got the magic of Google. DSB. I don't know what it means. This is straight up bourbon. Pink. It's just bourbon. Okay. DSB. Yeah. Diego Samuel Bermondez Pink Bourbon Coffee. So yours was also oh. roasted by Habe Specialty Coffee. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. It's a Polish um, coffee yeah, company that they worked the with. My bottle, yeah. Mine is Habe as well. So yeah. mine is the uh, Coffee Imperial Style with the Ethiopian Chel Chele Gedeb. Again, apologies if I've butchered that, but that's just how I think it's pronounced. I've not a fucking clue. It's also <laughs> roasted by Habe. Again, yeah. fucking sorry, Habe, if that's not how you say your name give me the phonetic spelling and i'll correct it in a future episode and apologize um but yeah they're based in warsaw i believe it is in poland okay and yeah so it's mine smells like like chocolate like it smells like like dark chocolate like i've got a feeling this is going to be quite i haven't sipped mine yet i've got a feeling it's going to be quite bitter like it smells rich chocolate so i've got a feeling it's going to be on the bitter end i don't think it actually says like i'd use or anything on it no um and it's all in polish and i can't fucking read polish (laughs) (laughs) so it could say i'd use um i don't know but yeah malt garden makes um that would be the dream for me is to like go to malt garden and Mm. visit their location in poland because like i think their beers are so creative and it's really cool so yeah mine just tastes like bourbon there is so there is bitter coffee in the back but it's pretty much just bourbon and roastiness Mm. not as bitter as i thought it was gonna be I thought it was going to be like immediate like bitterness. The bitters towards the back end. Um, it's a lot smoother than I thought it would be based on the smell. 
because like I said it because it had that like bittersweet rich chocolate yeah. I think I was expecting it to be a bit more harsh than it is um quite smooth bitterness towards the back end and it sort of lingers a bit afterwards but as I'm sipping this more the bourbon is going off and I'm getting more dark roast coffee do you think it's just because your mouth is now used to the bourbon yeah (laughs) you get any warmth off of that yeah there's definite warmth although it's not as like often when I have a bourbon beer it's got a bit of kind of uh umami Mm. marmite soy sauce about it and this hasn't got that it's a bit smoother this has a bit of like um like fruity notes like I would say that it would be like when you have that coffee that has the fruity notes to it yeah nice because it's not um like it's not an immediate fruitiness it's only kind of when I've sort of swished it around my mouth a bit and then gone like oh what am I actually really getting from this and it's not the first thing the first thing you get is just kind of like a bit of chocolate and then it goes a smoothness bit like creaminess to it and then it's like right after that it's kind of a bit more subtle but when you're looking to pick it out, that's when you get sort of the maybe bit red fruit yeah, typed, type fruit in there. And then it goes to bitterness. This one's definitely just black coffee. <sighs> to be fair, I think that that is sort of what this is. It's a black, yeah. a black coffee, but the roast of this is this is exa- probably exactly what I was just saying a minute ago when I said I've not yet had a beer that tastes coffee like beer that just tastes coffee. like a like that was really yeah. emulating just a black coffee i think actually your wish was more gardens command yeah i think this is uh, i don't think it's being unfair it doesn't have as much maybe like roasty element yeah to it but then i don't think all coffee has that strong roasty element to it so it's maybe not in your brain what you think of when you think yeah. coffee but this does have that like mellow mellow coffee like a smoother coffee yeah it's quite good I'm yeah I'm impressed what is the ABV on 11% ABV it does not mine does not taste like 11% ABV no um like I said I'm pretty sure COVID hasn't fucked up my taste buds but um maybe it has and that's why it doesn't taste like 11% I don't know but yeah it's going down pretty easy so if I was drinking this like session like I feel like I could session this and that would end really badly (laughs) Um, but I'd be keen to try more of the I'm your Bruce and if I can find that freeze-dried peanut butter one and it doesn't cost me a kidney um, because of the import charges because yay Brexit and all that like I will happily buy it because I love peanut butter and yeah freeze-dried peanut butter sounds amazing so be interesting to see that so yeah love a bit more garden but you mentioned sort of on the brewing with coffee mm-hmm. like using coffee uh ground coffee or something so that's led me to remember that what you can do with sort of the spent coffee grounds Ooh, yeah but once you've brewed stuff that you can also do you can use it for like beauty elements okay um i think it's like you can sort of make uh, face masks and stuff like that out exfoliator of, yeah it exfoliates yeah. like that type of stuff but then also and I've done this myself you can use it in the garden the only thing you have to be careful of is if you're like me and you have a dog it's not caffeine is not great for dogs so like you don't really want them to have coffee but I think it's something like especially fruit trees if I remember correctly the coffee the coffee grinds are really good to use there so if you've got an espresso machine 
and you're like what do I do do I just bin my coffee grounds like do the coffee grounds just go in the bin what do I do want to be sustainable if you or someone you know likes gardening just reuse them for your plants because it makes certain plants particularly happy so I've just yeah. got images of failing running around like yeah <laughs> but yeah coffee grinds in your gardening I've done it highly recommend um I have heard that so yeah I think that's kind of taken us to the end but I do have some final stories if you will because okay. I don't really I don't really know how else to describe them other than stories so the first one coming at you I got from mental flosses website um and they referenced i love coffee.jp website and basically what they've done is they posted an infographic on the effects of beer and coffee on your brain uh, as we said at the beginning it is like power couple and you'll see why in a minute because i don't have a photo to show you i'm sure you could try to find the infographic or whatever but i've summarized it for you and this is how they truly work. This is how you know they truly work in harmony. And I feel like I can relate to both of these things. So your brain on beer, some of this I've pulled directly. So yes, I know it's plagiarism, but it was easier to do that than to reword it. But when you drink, the part of your brain that gets activated is the cerebral cortex. So that is the part that controls the conscious thought, language and interaction. Um, so it will cause you, so when you have beer, it will cause you to feel less focused but it also removes all the distractions that normally occupy your brain. So when you hit about a 0.07 blood alcohol level, which is roughly about two drinks worth, depending on what it is you're drinking, um, you become more creative. So the good part of, of, of your brain on beer is that it makes you less worried about the world around you which can also sometimes not be a great thing that can also be a downfall Uh, but you're less worried about the world around you which frees up your brain to make deeper connections and come up with great ideas and that's why I think I might be a genius sometimes (laughs) is maybe it's the beer and then that's when I have my million pound ideas I do have my million pound ideas a lot of the time when I'm drinking yeah and not too many drinks just the right amount of drinks because the bad is if you drink a couple of beers onward it makes you it actually makes you less focused and it decreases your memory (laughs) um but yeah beer in summary is really good if you're searching for an initial idea for something so if you have a project and you're just like i need i I need an idea for what to do for this project beer is the one that you want to turn to your brain on coffee so the feeling of drowsiness comes when your aden- adenosine, I think that's how you say it, adenosine, binds with the brain's receptor. Uh, when you drink coffee, the caffeine binds with the receptor instead, and that gives you more energy. Okay. So the positive is that caffeine kicks in after five minutes, after only five minutes, surprisingly, um, and that gives you more energy and a stronger ability to focus. The bad is that you can build up a tolerance to it. And then that means that you, like any drug, you need (laughs) more of it to get the same stimulation. So I know personally, like I have a coffee dependency, a caffeine dependency. Like if I don't have a coffee by a certain time of the day, I'm like, oh, I start to get a headache because I'm like, I actually need it. And maybe it's just a placebo effect of, I don't know, but I have heard that that is something that can happen if you're used to drinking a certain amount of coffee and then you don't have it so yeah no bueno to have a caffeine addiction but yeah I don't have to be without it so it's fine um but basically in summary with coffee coffee on your brain 
it's good if you already have the idea but you need to focus on the actual doing which is how they sort of work in harmony Mm. so effectively beer is how you would come up with a good idea and coffee is how you would execute the idea so the article does highlight that sort of everything in moderation so you don't really want to drink too much of either um and you apparently they say you don't want to mix them uh (laughs) but if you do that you'll lose the effects of both however i think that's more like if you're having individuals and it's topping up levels of both they just becomes unproductive more than anything else but I do wonder like what happens when you combine them and you make a beer that will help you hit that 0.07 blood alcohol percent like our like if we drink 11% on your baristas and it's got coffee in it and beer will we be super productive we'll find out after this episode if we're super geniuses so the jury's still out on that but I thought that was a really interesting infographic because yeah. it really showed how they work like so well in harmony and they taste so well together. So that was my first news article. Nice. Second news story. Again, loosely news story. So um, a BBC article from 2019 highlights that Clatch Coffee in San Francisco was offering a $75 or 55 point, uh, $55 pound 26 pence cup of coffee made from alida geisha natural i think that's that's what it's called uh Mm -hmm. which is a bean grown in panama so that those beans were selling for 803 or 591 pounds and 68 pence uh 803 dollars per pound and they held the record in 2019 as the most expensive coffee in the world at the time which brings up what the most expensive coffee is sort of known as in the world so up until much more recent times which i'll sort of touch on at the end the most expensive coffee on the market was the kopi luwak and it cost up to six hundred dollars um i'm not sure if it's just that alita geisha like sort of dropped mm-hmm. and or isn't really being sold anymore and that's how the kopi luwak sort of overtook it where one was 803 but that one's only 600 um, or 441 pounds and 88 pence because I know you like your conversion so I did convert it so it's produced in Indonesia and it's named after an animal called the luwak or it's also known as the Asian palm civet Uh, it's made (laughs) this coffee is made when the luwak eats the coffee cherries and then they go through a natural fermentation process as it passes through their digestive tract and produces the coffee beans out the other end, if you know what I'm saying. So to be more specific, the digestive enzymes change the structure of the proteins in the beans so that it removes some of the acidity, which results in a smoother cup of coffee. Um, The beans are then roasted and produce a highly distinctive flavour and smooth finish, according to this website that that I quoted. Um, and a cup of that coffee can sell for as much as $80 or £60, according to a National Geographic website. So looking at the Luwak, it looks, again, I don't know if I'm like pronouncing that super incorrect, but that's what I imagine it's called. Um, it looks like a big sort of, it's interesting, it looked like a mink, like a mm. mink slash ferret type animal. Certain yeah. photos have it kind of looking a bit more like a rat mouse in the face and the tail. But I wondered if you were going to talk about that one when you started talking about expensive. 
coffee yeah that's the one that I know of has been the very expensive coffee yeah so it looks like this mink ferret thing and it has like usually has like raccoon like markings um but it would be a miss if I didn't point out there's controversy surrounding this coffee um because um it's led to a bunch of plantations being set up for uh, like where they'd cage the civets because mm. obviously it's making money. Yeah. So they used they used to be considered as pets when it were not pets um pests. Right. So when they had this pest problem and they realised actually it's like uh, they're producing like this really high end like really good coffee. It's like oh this is good because now we won't have people trying to kill them off because it's really good. But then that led to them being caged. Mm. So they found like there were 16 of these plantations in Bali, for example. So they found that the setups for a large portion of these were failing the basic animal welfare requirements. So um, they found things like they were being forced to stand on this net, like meshed, like the bottom of their cages were meshed and then that wasn't really good for them. And they were in very small cages. They were described more as like bunny hutches than they were cages and just, just really, really not great for the animals. Um, And there's an inability to tell at present if the coffee that you're buying, if, if, if you're splashing out the cash to buy this coffee, uh, there's an inability at the moment to tell if you're buying from a caged place or free range civets. Like there's no certification scheme that exists at the moment to ensure that any coffee that's labeled as wild is mm. actually from wild civets or if they're from cage. And it just doesn't seem like there's any push or pressure to kind of change that and make legislation around that. Um, so the advice far and wide that I I've come across is to avoid buying it full stop because you just don't know. Like they could label something as like, yeah, it's wild, but yeah, is it? We don't know. However, this is, I wonder if you know this one then looking at another website that has stats from 2021. Again, I, I couldn't find a source that a hundred percent like validated it without a shadow of a doubt. So maybe I'm wrong. I don't know, but this is what I found. It shows that the current most expensive coffee is called Black Ivory. It's from Thailand and it costs $1,500 or £1,104.80 per pound. And it's made using a similar process as the Kopi Luwak, but they use elephants instead. Oh. So um, the problem is, though, with this is that most of the beans get chewed up or broken down along the way. So it results in much smaller batches. So they are much more uh, difficult to get hands on. Like it's, it's much more um, scarce than, than some of the other expensive coffees are. But unlike the issues with the Kopi Luwak, the coffee apparently, now feel free to DM me if you know to the contrary, but apparently it's only sold through the Golden Triangle Asian Elephant Foundation which is an elephant refuge and it helps to ensure the production is completely ethical. So, I mean, how they can prove that, I I don't know. I'm not positive. I don't know enough about that. I'm not an expert on that. Um, But that's just what I found is that it's an, it's an elephant refuge and they are doing their best to ensure that everything is ethical in this area. So they just don't seem to even have an attempt at that with the Kopi Luwak coffee. Uh, So 
Because people willing to buy it, that's why. Um, I think when you just put like, oh, it's the most expensive coffee, it's the best. It's coffee, I think, can be known. Correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like coffee can be known as a more luxury item. Mm. Um, I think even sort of dating back, now I could be misremembering this, but I think even dating back, like that is something that was more of a um richer person beverage like it wasn't just anyone just had coffee so I imagine that there is some and I've noticed it and maybe I've been looking at things that aren't there but I've noticed that it does have like high-end coffee that's not that's a luxury item that's not just for anybody so I think some people almost want to buy them because like it's the most expensive and it shows that you have the money to go and buy them and you don't think about like oh actually what had to go behind the scenes to make that coffee so yeah um always look at where you're getting your coffee source from because just like animals people can be overworked underpaid yeah everything else so always try to be as ethical as possible as what we promote so circling back to the elephants yeah if that was your job to collect the beans and they chewed them up and you couldn't get a good view of that day you wouldn't be happy would you well it's really interesting because i looked at a visual yeah actually i will share this let me do a screen share i looked at the visual of the coffee beans from the kopi Lawak. yeah let me just share my screen quick can you see this uh, so they're quite easy to they look it looks like a nutty it sounds really gross but it looks like a nutty chocolate bar like yeah. a nutrageous bar <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> something like that i not watching um not it's watching like a clump of of like whitish coffee beans yeah it doesn't look like poop it looks no. like coffee beans mushed together with yeah. chocolate or something like that I well, know like that elephant poop is gross, like but poop yeah i'm not gonna try to google like what that's gonna look like no, i feel like that. that's just gonna be awful to look at but yeah i agree that's probably the worst job you could yeah. have but for anyone that's interested that's what oh. uh that's what a copy lot. If you're watching the video, I've just pulled up a picture and shared screen of what a copy, uh, what the Luwak looks like, the civet. And those are, of course, in the bowl there. Coffee those are coffee cherries, which look like cherries. I don't even think they look, they look like they look like berries that you find yeah. on a bush. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's, it's really cute, and it makes me really sad to think that they're just being held in really shit yeah. conditions because rich people want to buy the coffee to say they have the most expensive coffee in the world. So yeah. I think I saw something like there are, you can only buy the coffee in Dubai or something at yeah, one coffee chain in Dubai, but I think I've seen it online as well. You can buy it to make it yeah. at home. It's expensive. So, but yeah, that was our adventures through coffee. Through anything coffee else to add? No, coffee and no. beer is good. Coffee and beer is good. They are the best tag team one could possibly ask for. Um, we run on coffee and beer. I think that's yeah, probably <laughs> summarises quite true. a lot. Yeah. So, Joe, if anybody wants to talk to you more about the brewing with coffee process, where can people find you? If you want to come talk to me about brewing with brewing coffee, brewing beer with coffee, even got to get it right because if you just put in brewing with coffee. I was gonna say you could you do coffee. brewing coffee with beer <laughs> brewing, that could be interesting brewing beer with coffee um you can find me I am a woman's brew on Facebook Instagram and Twitter I tend to hang out on Instagram and the uh podcast has kind of taken over that account but that's fine you can just come talk to me there uh, or you can come to my beer school I have just done a brew day today and I've just done loads of recording so hopefully I'm going to have some content up soon about how to homebrew um, so you can come find my 
Beer School and learn about homebrewing there. That is Love Beer Learning. And we are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I generally hang out on Instagram. You can also find me on TikTok and Pinterest. Uh, we have a website, which is lovebeerlearning.co.uk. You'll find all of the information, all of the places you can find us there. You can also email us, lovebeerlearning at gmail.com. And we will take emails for the podcast there if there is something you would like to hear about on the podcast or a brewery you'd like us to speak to. We have know. and we do. <laughs> yes. Yep. We've had emails and we do listen to what you want. And we've done episodes. We need to do a Scottish episode. Otherwise, Tamsin's going to get really upset with us. We'll do it. The ticked off. Don't worry. <laughs> Got to done. Do a beer episode. Um, we do take requests on what you would like to hear. And if you would like to continue uh, to have this podcast for free um for everyone and so that we can get beer education and beer chit chat to everybody we would love for you to come and support us on patreon for two pounds a month you can support the podcast and for the price of a coffee that's for a price of a coffee (laughs) for less than for less less than than the price of of a coffee (laughs) you can support us monthly help us to continue to spread the good word about beer uh, that is patreon.com forward slash love beer learning. Come and join us there as well. Tori, if they would like to talk to you about, you know, expensive coffee, where can they find you? Yeah, if you just want to come talk to me about coffee, full stop. I yeah. love coffee. Um, so, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism. So, yeah, uh, anything else I'm on is linked from there. So, come find me, come chat to me about coffee and animal rights if you want or whatever whatever takes your fancy after this episode so i'm ready to go enjoy the rest of this yeah. Arnold barista because this is the exact coffee beer that i've been looking for a thank you malt there garden you go. look at that uh, on that note cheers, cheers. <laughs>